If you haven't had a chance, check out the Jazz Pod Co-op on Twitter. It's a group of podcasts with like-minded people that just want to share their opinions on the jazz. Here's a preview. Mark and Doug Hincy on the twos and threes. The weird things about dude shots is like my favorite like NBA subcategory of and like or they're like the length of their arms affecting something. I, I'm, I'm like whether they jump off of one foot because, or two foot. Right. Like, Emily and McCoy on the Jazza Gals. If anything, that video also reminded me like how just a few inches difference it was between us being on one side versus the other you know like well we all know a few inches can make a difference who logan and jared on hitting the high notes i don't even care if they're hurt i mean we're not gonna dance on any injuries but yes i i i I can't make any promises but i don't even care if it's a fluke or we cheat i don't even care if you're not cheating you're not trying right Uh, that's what they say and Brian and McCade on home court press. With Boyan, Memphis is really struggling to shoot. So giving the Boyan to the Grizzlies and then having the Grizzlies forward our first-round pick onto another team, if you can get Boyan a first-round pick and then get Memphis to throw in a first-round pick in the Yang and take Boyan, a lot of possibilities open for a guy like John Collins. What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's hitting on the high notes, Jazz Talk. It is. I am here. Um, I'm your host, and I'm, uh, you're listening to Jazz uh, hitting the high notes. And um, uh, we are um, uh, re- we're, we're in draft season. We're getting excited. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter versus um, uh, who trans Superman. That's H U U T R A N Superman. Who trans Superman? And um, uh, that's uh, Twitter and IG. We're going quick today because uh, we got a lot to talk about, and we you know I just want to get to it. Jared Barker online. What's up? Go to this is forty nine. We're here. We're dear. Get used to it. Yeah. All right. And then um, uh, we also we, we brought on um, uh, it's draft time. So we'll bring him back. Him, uh, you know, now it's an annual thing. It is um, a Sloan's categorical categorical imperative. Ooh, that's a mouthful. What's up, man? What's up, Sloan? I, I'm glad to be here. Less than 48 hours until the NBA draft, and it's it's one of my favorite times of the year. It's yeah. Just, I, I I'm always excited. Because people are making their dreams come true. They're finally making it to the NBA, and I, I just love it. Oh. Even even when the Jazz don't have a pick. <laughs> You're very positive here. Oh, well, that's great. So, I mean, the Jazz do have a pick this year. The Jazz are, if I'm not mistaken, the Jazz are picking number 30 for the first time ever. So, uh, you know, we, we have our first 30th pick as, as a, a Jazz man coming in. Um, so I know that um, uh, so uh, Sloan, you were actually on a sort of a bonus episode that um, uh, Jared ran uh, on his feed and our feed. Um, but today we're we're going to talk about some players that that you like. Um, uh, but we're not really doing a player focused uh, draft pod. We're doing something. That, you know, I, I have a lot of questions about like you know just strategy and what we think the Jazz could do or should do, or you know some some you know the the better moves here. Because I said the Jazz have thirty, and um, I'm going to be a Debbie Downer in a little bit, but. Um, there's a lot of rumors, uh, Sloan, um, uh, that uh, the Jazz may not keep 30. Um, uh, and I, you know, I, I had you know mentioned this to you last year, right? Like I said, hey, you know, the Jazz are at 23. What are the chances they drop? You know, they trade down or trade out of the first round? They did trade down, but they, they didn't trade out of the first round. So they're at 30 again. Um, uh, that is, um, uh, there's a chance that they might. Um, the, the national pundits have um, uh, grabbed it and said, hey, you know, they might attach that pick to get rid of some salary. But um, uh, you don't think so? Yeah, uh, I don't. You know, I'm not a jazz insider, but through Twitter and through connections I've made, I do know some jazz insiders. I, I, I have 
sources, so to say. And the last thing that I heard, which wasn't that long ago, is that the Jazz really were focused on actually making the right pick at 30. They really want to make this pick because it's a guaranteed salary that's controlled for those full four years with you getting the the um, the rights moving forward and you can have up to eight years of control over that player with that limited salary. 30th is the lowest salary with that guaranteed salary in the first round. And so they actually were happy with the 30th pick and really wanted to hit it so that they had more of that salary control moving forward with their salary situation. But the, the good news with all of this is the Jazz seem to be very confident that they can get Mike Conley to come back. I'm guessing they have a good idea of what that number is. And uh, if anybody was listening to the Brian Winters podcast this morning, he stopped himself short of saying that it was pretty much a done deal with Mike Conley coming back to the Jazz. And then Kevin Pelton helped him out by saying, yeah, it seems like that's a pretty likely outcome that Mike Conley would be returning. So that's the good news with all this talk about cutting salary. It means the Jazz think that they're going to have a really good reason to cut salary, which means Mike Conley coming back, which is really the essential thing that has to happen this offseason. Interesting. Well, and, uh, and Mike Conley helped us all out by doing that doTERRA ad post. So, um, and the, <laughs> yeah, so that, that was a, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, a sponsorship out that's local to Utah right before the off season begins is a pretty strong hint as well. Yeah. I'd say <laughs> that, that probably indicates things. Do- doTERRA, give us money. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I'm learning now that, um, uh, Sloan is not a jazz insider and it's, it hurt my heart. I'm like, what? Like, what, what's going on here? What are we even doing? Um, I, I'm shocked when yeah. called, honestly, yeah. it's like, how could they leave this man on the outside? I, I'm a little, I'm more I, I'm telling you, if, go ahead, I'm sorry. Justin Zanuck, if you're listening to the pod, if you, if you need somebody to help you get those leaks out, that isn't the woes or the shams of the world, I'm here. I well, will give you I, my hey, information. Man, my DMs are, are open. You're a mover and a shaker. I mean, you told me last time, and I don't know if who is aware, but you did tell me last time that you were followed by the GM of the the current GM of the Pelicans, and he made some moves. So, I mean, kudos to you, bro. <laughs> um, uh, yes, I am followed by David Griffin on Twitter, so he, I'm sure he uses my analysis on Twitter to to make his decisions. To every scout day. the jazz, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a little more worried about the Mike Conley news after hearing that Brian Windhorst is the one I'm uh, reporting on it. So, um, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. Pelton it was solid it was backup. Technically, my... Kevin Pelton. <laughs> Technically, Kevin Pelton. Yeah. Uh, J. Rod. Um, so, like, well, like, I mean, you've you've heard the rumors. I mean, you're you're on the social media. You're you're on the pulse of the Jazz. Uh, I mean, the thirtieth pick. I mean, do you have a gut feel? Like, you know, I, I don't know if you have Jazz. Like, if you have Jazz insiders, let us know. But um, uh, you have a gut feeling or anything, or you know, are are you a Jazz insider? Um, you know, what's your gut feeling uh, about the Jazz in the thirtieth pick and and trading it or taking it? Well, I I, I um. If Logan was was were here, he'd say something like uh, a jizz insider. So um, I'm just gonna get that out of the way first. Um, I I I do not feel very much like a jazz insider at all. Uh, I mean, if this is what being an insider feels like, I would hate to. I would hate to. Uh... Okay, so we established that you're not a jazz insider, <laughs> but what then? What's your gut feeling? About the thirty. My feeling is that they're absolutely going to make the pick, and and they might even be aggressive. Like pe- people have been talking a lot about the Jazz moving players potentially, and while I think that may be a possibility, I don't think that they're eager to do that, honestly. 
and I I don't know if they want to be aggressive and move up in the draft either because I I feel like it's like like Sloan said. Uh, well, I mean Sloan, are you still Sloan's categorical imperative? Because you you mentioned that you changed your name, and I I, for, I forgot to check if you changed it back. <laughs> it, my at my at remains the same, but for now I am still Sloan's Chicago Days imperative because gotcha. after the way the season ended, I wanted to remember fonder times of when Jerry Sloan was a Chicago Bull. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense honestly. um so yeah so um uh, you know i mean there's been talk about the jazz trading in the second round because uh you know the guaranteed contract that you know helps the luxury tax bill a little bit not very much but a little bit and who knows maybe, maybe a little bit is all they need and the second round uh drop pick is like a two-way and you know doesn't really count as much as it gets a cap and some of these players that the jazz have um uh like i i was shocked when ken clayton um uh, posted that um uh Derek Favors um, uh, against the luxury tax bill is like $35 million. I'm like, wow, um, a little crazy. And hopefully the, the Claytons will join us on a, on an off-season pod, um, a, coming, a free agency pod coming up. Um, okay, so, you know, the 30th pick is, is in flux. Um, uh, you two do, th- you know, again, uh, the closest thing to Jazz Insiders that we have on this podcast right now. I um, uh, think the Jazz are, are, are probably sternly um, ready to pick at 30 um there are reports that they they might move out they might you know attach the pick to salary to get out of there so who knows we'll, we'll see in two days wait, um, wait move out they're gonna change into a to they're moving to another arena wow and uh so um but so here's the thing about the the debbie downer part of me is that like i, I get the draft time i'm you know sloan here he, he loves the draft and I'm like, oh, I'm usually pretty excited about the draft. I don't, I cannot get myself excited about a, a 30th pick. And I know we're going to spend the second half of the pod talking about some certain players that you might like Sloan, but um, this is the same uh, like sort of theory I had last year. Where I was like, well, are you going to get somebody at 23 or I guess 27 that um, you know makes you a championship contender or like really helps a championship contender team out? Um, and I, I have the same um, uh, same sort of um, uh, uh, trepidation about about the 30th pick this time too uh um, i would argue that last year yes we could have and we whiffed on that big time uh, possibly so, and you know oh, i'm a big butterfly so effect guy so I'm, I'm not quite sure if so you know, who oh go ahead here here's the last 10 guys who were picked with the 30th pick in the last 10 drafts desmond bain kevin porter jr who dropped 50 points on the nba champion bucks this year omari spellman Josh Hart, Damian Jones, Kevon Looney, Kyle Anderson, Nemanja, Nino, Nemanja Nedovic, Festus Azili, and Jimmy Butler. So there are a few misses there, but yes, you can get impact guys at 30. Okay. Desmond Bain was a hit. Now, Porter I will, was a hit. I will say... Festus Azili was a hit. Jimmy Butler. Festus Azili. Well, was a hit. yes, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy right. Buckets. Um, so, I mean, I, so I guess my thinking is though, like I mean, if the jazz, so the jazz, if they, they're, they, if they run it back and, and they say, Hey, we, we were really close. We think we are, are there. Um, you know, I, I look at that roster and I know, I know Logan hated this when I talked about like, you know, whose ministry they take, but it's one of those like, okay, you, you can draft somebody, but it, it's pretty hard to like try to develop guys and try to be a championship uh, roster at the same time. Uh, Desert Bain might have been really good for the Jazz last year. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe he could have been Trent Forrest. Like, he could have just had Trent Forrest minutes. Uh, maybe the Jazz still yeah. stick with Joe Ingles as the backup point guard uh, when Mike Conley goes down. 
I mean, this again, this is a butterfly effect thing. Like, I, it's hard for me to like be like, oh yeah, like slot Desmond Bain in there because he got opportunity playing for the Grizzlies. Um, no, and that's absolutely true. I, I think that one of the things that you have to think about with the draft is that usually the guys are going to be at least a year away, and so. Yeah, whoever they draft at 30 this year is probably somebody that we're not going to see make an impact until the 2022 season or 2022-23. And that's just how it goes with the draft. But it doesn't mean that they can't help during the regular season. Maybe if there is a Desmond Vane there in the regular season, Joe Ingles plays fewer minutes. And if he plays fewer minutes, maybe he's got a little more juice in the playoffs. But and, and one of the things that just I'm going to be the optimist here today. So I was listening to the Real GM podcast this week and they had on Ben Taylor. And if you're in the analytics community, like Ben Taylor is is one of those guys. And he he knows the game of basketball. He's objective about the game of basketball. And he was talking to him and he's like, you know, if they had stayed healthy, I personally think that the Utah Jazz were going to win the title this year. And so. There is reason to be optimistic. There are people outside of the jam fa- jazz fan base that actually think, yeah, this was a really good team and recognize that the injuries to Donovan Mitchell, to Mike Conley at just the wrong time really did affect them. And there might not be that much tweaking that needs to be done. Mm. Yeah. I mean, again, this is, we had this conversation last week of like team run it back versus team, um, uh, uh, you know, kind of, Make a few drastic changes because, um, you know, and, and Jared Logan and I, we we sort of are on the team like we we're not quite sure if this team is ready, um, and maybe that's the pessimistic pessimistic part of us or the trauma that we've we've uh, um, uh, uh, endured over the years because, uh, you know, we, we've talked about like you know we we don't know if this roster is able to compete and I, I'm really am cool with it either way whatever the front office says and does because you know obviously they have the information. I'm on one team, but it doesn't mean I can't be swayed to be like, well, you know, if they say run it back, then, well, here we go again, you know. Yeah. But th- they have lost my trust. <laughs> uh, um, going, well, you know, I can't, I can't trust you guys completely, so going to be guarded. You know, I'm not going to have the same optimism as I had last year. Um, and so, no, and, this... and I, I respect that. Like, I, I'm on the team, run it back, or mostly run it back. There are things that need to be done around the edges. Mm-hmm. Favors needs to be better. Ingles has clearly lost a step. There are things. And you can't say, hey, next year they're going to be as good as they were last year. But last year, I think that they absolutely were those guys. I think they were trustworthy. But Donovan Mitchell, like when you have a bend and not break defense, and Donovan Mitchell's playing on one leg, and Mike Conley's not there, and then the perimeter just breaks, Rudy can only do so much. And I think that's ultimately what happened. It just, the dam broke, and we got flooded. But if you have those players healthy, and yeah, health's always a question. Health's a question for a lot of teams. But there's not that much tweaking that needs to be done to get this team over the over the edge, in my opinion. No, that's a, that's a very good point. And I'm uh, see, I'm, I'm already buying. See, already two weeks into the new season of uh, hitting the high notes, and I'm already buying back in. Damn you guys! That's how it's the hope that hurts. You know? <laughs> hey, that's uh, that's my off season pod or my uh, free agency pod there. Um, yeah, so the Jazz are at 30. So this is a philosophical question that I had for you last year, and. Um, we're going to see it play out for the Jazz, I think, because um, you know Desmond Bain was the big guy that you guys talked about last year, and he ended up going after uh, the Jazz picked at twenty-seven. The Jazz took uh, Big Doke or Big Doc, as uh, some people like to call him, um, and uh, and uh, Desmond Bain was a guy that looks like he's you know in, in year one the returns look um, amazing for Bain and just awful for uh, for for Doke. 
Um, but I think, you know, again, I, I try not to uh, judge draft picks after the first year. Like, things, I mean, it's unlikely it's that Doak. It's a good point. But, like, like Doak could really become a really good player. Like, who knows? Like, I, I don't know. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert was a guy that, you know, played on the G League for most of his first year, right? So, um, yeah, and like. We got to see almost nothing of Doak. Like, I was watching um i actually stepped away unfortunately i was watching that game in the g league and i stepped away when the injury happened and then in my dms i got these messages like hey what happened and it was absolutely a horrific injury like we barely got to see him play you can't really judge his opening season because he had a traumatic season-ending injury almost season-ending injury when he played like 10 minutes into the season and, yeah, he didn't get a lot of run in the early season. He wasn't going to behind Gobert and Favors, which is part of why I was really upset at the pick, because at best he was going to be a third center for the next four years. Right. Um, given how many, you and, know, for the years and the contract that they gave to Favors. I always say this. This is the, the will actually part of me. Like, well, actually, guys, you know, Doak was picked before Favors was on the team. However, we all know that the Favors deal was probably done weeks before the, you know, free agency even started. Um, uh, yeah, the there, there was a lot of smoke to that fire well before the draft. Yeah, you can't say Sloan. You can't say that on the drought, man. It's a drought time. It's drought time. It's wildfire season. Got to be more Sorry. sensitive than that. I, I live in Virginia. <laughs> I live in Virginia. I do not always remember the hellscape that can be Utah when those kinds of things are yeah, happening. Yeah. So I apologize. No worries. So, um, yeah. So I'm. Uh, you know, again. Of Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, so we got, we got, we, again, this is, I, I will admit though, the, the first year returns look pretty awful <laughs> for, for, for Doak, but again, you know, we'll see, maybe we'll see what happens. Um, uh, obviously there was some, um, dissension between, um, uh, you know, DL and, uh, and, uh, um, everyone Snyder, else. Right. So, uh, yeah, we'll see I what happens. I don't think we can call him Jay-Z. Jay-Z, um. Uh, He's sure. a, he is big Pippin right now, so um, <laughs> we'll see if Zanuck and, and, and Chris Snyder have you know more of a combined vision of what, what the roster could be and should be. And uh, again, Quinn's not you know again we, we talk about, and this is why I, I am worried about because Quinn's got some players that he has to develop: Juwan Morgan, Jarrell Brantley, Mie Oni. Um, and there's a lot of talk on Twitter about those guys not getting developed. Like I'm like, well, if you're going for a title, man, like you, the Bucks and the Suns aren't trying to develop second round picks last year right like th- yeah, those teams were going for it's it very true so very um true. Uh, the jazz were going for it like i mean if you go you know you can't have your kick and get it too you, you got to be in one more you know you really got to be one foot or, or the other in, in one of those things you can't be in both so um, I, I gotta admit though i feel like um it the jazz have to figure out a way to get more than they got they got to have like an 11 man rotation during the regular season or something because this year because i mean running that tighter rotation all year seemed to end catastrophically so my next question here um uh, really just comes down to like so again if, if you're at 30 and you're the jazz and you know obviously they're they're a championship contender they were last year they're going to go for it again you know let's assume they know that they're bringing mike back or at least you know have a, a pretty good idea they're bringing mike back and they they know their moves, you know, either, whether it's not dumping dumping contracts, but at least changing those contracts into other pieces that might work for them. Um, 
at 30. Well, and this, this is me trying to read tea leaves. Uh -huh. And so forgive me if my prophecies are wrong. I am not a prophet either. I'm not a jazz insider. I'm not a prophet. I'm just a guy. Um, just a guy standing in front leaves, of a girl. Like, Free guy. I don't see any women around here. I mean, my wife's <laughs> probably downstairs, but uh, when it comes to this, um, if the national guys reporting is right and the jazz are now like looking to dump the pick so they can dump extra salary, that tells me that something's changed possibly with the jazz and they know that they're likely to get somebody on the team that's going to cost a little bit more money. And if they have that person in tow, because we all know the off-season starts before the off-season officially starts. It could be a good sign that they've got a promising free agent that's ready to come on board for the taxpayer MLE. It, like, there are all sorts of possibilities there that, you know, maybe that is the case. And so I don't want the Jazz to trade out of the pick, but if they do end up trading out of the pick, maybe that's a good sign about what's coming in free agency because I think that beforehand they were planning on keeping the pick and anticipating that Mike Conley was going to re-sign it's possibly a sign that they've just got somebody else in tow that's going to be more ready to contribute right away this coming season. Yeah, um, uh, you see, Sloan, you need to just be you know be a guest on every week because like I mean, you bring such optimism. It get it, it, it raises my hope again. Uh, when people get done listening to me talk, it's like it's like oh well, that was depressing as shit. So um, oh yeah, we also swear on the podcast now, just so everybody knows again. Um, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Hey, I'm Mark. And this is Doug. What's up? And we're co-hosts of a weekly podcast on the Utah Jazz called Twos and Threes. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get podcasts on your feed every Monday morning. Mark's my big brother, and you could say this podcast is a family affair, but really we think of the jazz and jazz nation as our family. So we'd love for you to participate with us to listen, and really, let's do this together. Go jazz. Go jazz. Be our family. Boom. Hi, I'm McCoy. Hi, I'm Emily. And we're the Jazzy Gals. If you're looking for in-depth Utah Jazz basketball analysis, this ain't it. <laughs> but if you are looking to discuss how great Rudy's beard looked this week, Jazz Twitter crushes, or other fun pop culture things, you have come to the right place. That's right, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And also on Twitter at Jazzy Gals Pod. Go Jazz! Go Jazz! We are now um, uh, into the portion where, like, I mean, are there certain you know players that you you guys look at? I know you guys have talked about him, and uh, Sloan, you just said that um, you released them. Um, uh, you know, you went and, no. Tell me what you did on Twitter. Like, um, uh, that's a big thing. Yeah. So um, last year and this year, I've contributed with Mike Gribinoff. He's a, a an NBA Twitter scout. He actually does some consulting stuff with it, and um, he used to work with the guys with the Stepian. Um, he calls out a lot of the draft Twitter people and has them contribute big boards. And then we put together a consensus big board. And I started helping out with it last year and helped out and did a lot of the legwork this year. And so we just, um, one of the other guys that's helped out a ton, Bennett Herbert, just uh, tweeted out the results of our jazz Twitter consensus big board. So, or not jazz Twitter, NBA Twitter. Uh, if it was just jazz Twitter, it'd be much more limited. I mean, Jazz Twitter might be, you know, like, you had said something about, like, there was a 66 different, uh, out of, like, what, 90? There were 66 different picks um, uh, at 30? Or, or or did I read that incorrectly? 
No, there, so there were um, there were ninety six different boards that were entered, and we had an average of sixty six picks per board. Oh, okay. So yeah. most good. of those boards went at least two rounds, or you know, we had people that put in boards of a hundred players. Um, we had a few boards that were just the first round, but we had a lot of variety of boards and a lot of input from from various people who tried to scout this draft and to put in their opinions. And I love it. It's it's a really good way to kind of get an idea of where at least the amateurs or the lesser known scouts that that are there on Twitter see these different players stacking up. And it's usually a pretty good insight into, um, you know, it's not that far off from where the professionals or the major sites are either. And it, it just gives some good insight into what's happening at the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, really let's, um, uh, let's, uh, let's dig into it because, um, uh, there's a lot of guys, um, uh, Jared, we, I think we talked about this. Like, um, uh, we were, you know, we, we've been asking for three and D, but man, everybody's asking for three and D, uh, and maybe that's more of a free agency find than, um, uh, uh, a draft find. Um, Sloan, um, what have you noticed, um, uh, trend-wise, um, uh, that the, the everybody, the pundits, uh, you know, national, local, um, what type of what type of archetype um, uh, uh, are the Jazz um, uh, being mocked to draft? Yeah, I think everybody's looking at the same kind of guy that we we keep saying that the Jazz need, or most people are. If they're drafting a guard, it's going to be a bigger guard that might possibly be able to guard up a position or two. Um, and, and I think that that's probably right. I, I was cursing the name of Kevin O'Connor at the ringer today because he has the Jazz drafting a six foot 11, more traditional big in Dayron Sharp. And I will pull out my hair if they keep <laughs> doing that. If they keep doing it and keep doing it, they need to draft something else. I saw JT Thor. I saw JT Thor and I was like, uh oh, that's, that's the next Jazz big right there. No, no, JT Thor, like, JT Thor is a high upside pick. He's not a pure big. He's the kind of guy that can guard multiple positions. Like, Thor, I'm okay. Dayron Sharp, who's the 6'11", traditional center, no, that's, we need to talk about that. JT Thor, 6'9", 7'3", wingspan, uh, tons of potential, but incredibly raw. Like, that's the kind of gamble that I can see the Jazz taking, that I would like the Jazz to take. Great name. Names matter here, and I'm absolutely for that. And the kind of guy where if Quinn Snyder is willing to make that adaptation and look into doing that kind of thing in, in terms of some more versatility in the in the lineup, he could play that small ball five position. Like he's a six nine power forward and and possibly a small ball center. That's exactly what the Jazz need. Noob Master. Yeah, Noob Master sixty nine. Noob Master, hey, it's Thor again. You know the god of thunder? Listen, buddy, if you don't log off this game immediately, I'm going to fly over to your house, come down to that basement you're hiding in, rip off your arms, and shove them up your butt. Oh, that's right. Yes, go cry to your father, you little weasel. If the Jazz can get Usman Garuba, who is not going to fall to the Jazz, but if they could get Usman Garuba, who's, like, in my opinion, the best defender in this, jazz, in this draft, he's a six-foot-eight center, but he can guard on the perimeter. He can shut down those kinds of small ball lineups that have, have been kind of the bane sorry to open old wounds of, of the Jazz's existence in recent years in the playoffs. And that's the kind of guy, yeah, that's the Jazz thinking differently. If they're going to get a big, they need to get a big that I think is more versatile or has the option to be able to, to guard in other positions and potentially play alongside Gobert. Yeah. I mean, neither Thor nor, um, nor Garuba are elite from outside, but they do offer just a different kind of look and, and some more versatility to the lineup. 
so I would be happy with those kinds of things. And Thor is a great name. I would. And, you know, just, ju just don't give me a traditional full-time one position center like Dayron Sharp. That, that's the last thing the Jazz need to add to Doku Azabuki and to Derek Favors. I know that Derek Favors is ostensibly on the trade block, but the Jazz can replace Favors with some kind of other center that's going to cost the minimum who's a replacement level center, backup center, if that's what they need. They don't need to look for that in the draft. If they want the project, they invested in that last year. Let's look at something different. I want a big guard or I want somebody who can be the backup to Mike Conley potentially in the future or that 3 and D wing. Like those, those are what I'm looking at. I don't want a big unless it's a small ball big. Yeah, how I'm um, a... Uh... Uh, I, I, I really think the Jazz need to draft Thor just so we can hear Craig Boljack say Mjolnir um, not on a nightly basis, so or at least try to. Um, and Jared, like I'm a... Would, would he say Mjolnir, though, or would he come up with something less cool? Mjolnir. Yeah, you know, I, I mean... Ugh, you know. God, I think he'd just say Hammer. <laughs> you want me to Thor's be the Hammer! hammer. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so, Jared, if I'm uh, the Jazz... Go and draft JT Thor this year, um, uh, and they pass on Desmond Bain last year. I think we can um, uh, really just um, uh, put it to bed that the you know the Jazz um, uh, front office is Team Marvel. So um, <laughs> that makes a lot well, of sense. Bain is a DC character. That's Bane what I said. That's what I said because they, they passed exactly. on Bain. And then if they exactly picked JT well, Thor, right? You know, so Team Marvel. I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. then we, then well, we would know. Well, yeah. You know how you know how Utah loves its Disney, so I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that they're right. team Marvel. Um, yeah, so let, let's go back to that big board and like um, and you said you did it last year too. How many big boards had the Jazz taking Big Doke um, uh, uh, in the first round or or Elijah Hughes? So, so this is a big board. So the big board is just pure player rankings. It's not a mock draft, so it doesn't right, right, say who the Jazz are going to yeah. take. Um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, Doak was not highly rated on last year's consensus big board. It's going to take me just a second. I can pull it up. But yeah, that's the, that's the kind of thing. Like we should be looking at the guys who are likely to be in that 25 to 30 range. That's who the jazz are most likely going to have fall to them. And there are quality guys there and there are quality stories there. I'm sorry. I care about stories. I care about nicknames. Like it, I, I'm, I'm here in Richmond, Virginia. VCU is the local school. There's a guy out of VCU named Bones Highland. You give me Bones as a Star Trek fan, and I'm thrilled. <laughs> and, and then you just add to it that Bones is actually a really solid point-of-attack defender. He's the kind of guy, he's 6'3", six 6'9", six wingspan. He can score buckets. He's, he's got a lot of potential, and he's, you know, he's thin. His nickname can, comes from somewhere, but... That's the kind of guy I would love for the Jazz to take a gamble on and to see if they can develop. Um, Deuce McBride, another great name. The story, like Josh Christopher's older brother, Patrick Fisher, Patrick Christopher used to play for the Jazz back in 2015. Derek Favors was his teammate. Rudy Gobert was his teammate. Joe Ingles was his teammate. And his nickname, Guppy, J-Gupp, comes from being the younger brother to Pat Fish and... Like, I just love those connections. <laughs> I want to see the heartwarming story uh, about how his older brother was teammates with his new teammates. And he's also got a game that is, like, in my opinion, is a lot like Jordan Clarkson, except with plus defense. Like, 
yes, please gamble on that guy. He was a lottery pick on most uh, boards before the season started. He didn't have a great year, but he's the kind of guy that I want the Jazz to gamble on. He's 25th on our consensus big board this year. Like, yeah, that's the kind of guy I want the Jazz to try and go out there again. Yeah, and you keep using that word um, uh, gamble, and um, like at, at number three, I think this is where my draft philosophy comes in. Like, I mean, really, any pick that's this late, or even after like the lottery, I feel like um, you know there, there's a chance to draft guys with with you know they're, they're going to have low floors. I mean, there's a reason why this thirty pick in the draft. Like, there's some low floors, but man, there's some you know you can have some high ceilings if you develop them right. And um, I think a lot of Jazz fans are are kind of locked in, like, oh, whoever the Jazz draft is going to be ready by day one, which, you know, we've already talked about, like, probably <laughs> not going to be probably not going to be the case, right? So draft someone that you yeah, think can... Go ahead. Second year at best. Like, second year at best to be a real contributor. The rarity is the guy who's contributing and playing rotation minutes in year one, especially for a team like the Jazz that is trying to be a championship contender. The Grizzlies were a playoff team, but they were a playoff team from a play-in tournament who have not, who are in a rebuild. Like there's just a different place that they're at. They were the eighth seed for a reason. And yeah, he got minutes and he was a great contributor. And I think he would have been great with the jazz, but he wouldn't have played the same minutes with the jazz. So there's absolutely, the Grizzlies overachieved. Yeah. And they overachieved. They got in through the play in tournament. Like there's, there's all that stuff going on. And I love the Grizzlies. They're my second favorite team in the West. But they're just in a different place, and so we can't expect, and we shouldn't expect any rookie to make a year one contribution. The Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal year was an incredible outlier, where we had two starting level players as rookies the same year. That doesn't happen. We can hope for it, but we should expect at least year two, year three, before this person's really contributing, and look at it with that kind of long-term point of view in my opinion yeah especially down that down when you're this far in the draft like there's a reason why you're number 30 you know uh, the jazz had the best record and yeah we talk about different um, places uh, in development like grizzlies you know every win and loss didn't matter as much as a, a jazz win and loss during the regular season the jazz were going for home court advantage throughout the whole playoffs while the grizzlies were like well we, you know they want to win obviously but you know they have other goals they want to achieve along the way uh, the Jazz goal is like, no, let's put our best lineup out there every week. Um, uh, you know, we don't have time to try to get me a minutes uh, here and there or Jarrell Brantley or whoever, whomever it is. Um, uh, you know, it's it's all it's all trying to, like, make sure you can be the best you can be. Um, it's, it's sort of like that Ty Corbin year when Ty Corbin was putting out veterans when he should probably should have been doing the opposite, right? Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Should have played Derek I, I mean, Favors. There, there is room for criticism with all of that. Like, there were minutes because the Jazz were dominating teams when Quinn Snyder had me wondering, like, why? Why are our starters still in? And there's reasons that he might have wanted to do that to build their, their time together, but the Jazz had a ton of continuity. I'm not sure that it was really that valuable. Where the Jazz would be up by 20 points in the fourth quarter with six minutes to go and Quinn's like, no, wait, no, four minutes to go. No, wait, okay, maybe two minutes to go. We'll let, we'll let the other guys go in. But those are still, they're not the best developmental minutes, but I really wish that he would have let some guys right. get some run and and pulled the starters earlier. Yeah, maybe I really, like, know. that's one thing that, to me, I love Quinn Snyder. I do think he's a great coach. But if there was one thing I could change about him, I'd be like, pull the starters earlier. <laughs> um, 
so last year I asked you and you gave me a gem for at least my fantasy basketball league. I said, um, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be your jazz crush, but man, like who is like somebody that's, you know, not top five, maybe not top 10, but like who is the guy you think is going to be the most intriguing, you know, ha- has the highest ceiling, maybe has a super low floor, but like who, who do you think has like the super high ceiling um, that you, that you're just intrigued to watch uh, their career? Cause last year you gave us a Poku. Yeah, I gave you Poku last year. I loved Poku. This year, uh, along the Poku lines, my guy is Usman Garuba. He's uh, out of Spain. He's, you know, right now he's 13th on the consensus big board. Um, and he's got a very good chance of, of really competing. He's an amazing defender. Just incredible instincts. He's only 18 years old. Um, the offensive game has a long way to go. But I think the Garuba is one to watch. Um, I've already told you, like, I think Thor, Thor has a really low floor, but I keep your eye on Thor and not just because his name is awesome. I know a lot of people like Sangoon and Sangoon's not that high to me, but, um, yeah, there are guys like that. There are the guys like Zaire Williams and BJ Boston who were like consensus lottery picks. These guys are can't miss prospects. And for whatever reason, they had terrible college years. And so, a lot of them, like I'd keep my eyes on them, and then my my crush this season is is Josh Christopher. The I want Josh Christopher on the Jazz, but I'm going to keep my eye on him. Um, is Josh Christopher in that range for the Jazz, or? Yeah, so he's he's 25th on the consensus big board. Um, I've seen a lot of mocks that have him going in the second round, just after the Jazz pick. I've seen a few drafts, uh, mock drafts where they have him just ahead of the Jazz, but he's he's in that range. He's definitely in that sweet spot where. He will likely still be on the board at least at 25. And, um, you know, he's not one that it seems like the Jazz are high on, but I, I hope that they're at least taking a look at him. Oh, wh- why do you um, uh, why do you like him so much? Uh, you know, I heard some... Uh, I was listening to one podcast that talked to him, uh, talked about him and said that he's, he's kind of like... Uh, the major negative with him is his poor shot selection. Like... He just makes the most boneheaded moves sometimes, and you just wonder. But then you can see when he when he puts it together, it's so amazing. He has the potential to be a three-level scorer if everything hits just right. Um, he plays plus defense to go with all of that, and so he could be the kind of guy he could be. This this is a top of the tier, top of the range if he hits his ceiling. But I think his ceiling is like Jimmy Butler with an outside shot. Um, I think that with what the Jazz were able to do, and this is part of why I love him so much, because I think the Jazz, with what they were able to do with Jordan Clarkson, for him to take his inclinations and kind of fine-tune them and make it so that, yeah, he has the red, the greenest of green lights, he can just fire away, but where he's fine-tuned it so that his shot selection is so much better than it used to be in his Cleveland years and his Lakers years, like, I think that if they can do that same kind of thing with Josh Christopher and develop him and help him, like, Quinn was able to help Jordan Clarkson that you've got the kind of guy that actually can be a starter and, you know, top upside could possibly be knocking on the door of all NBA and all-star games if everything turns out right. And when you're at the 30th pick, if you've got that kind of potential, I want you to, to take the gamble on it. Um, and um, uh, last last year, uh, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, that you were, you were kind of down on Jaden McDaniels, right, last year? Like because he was in the jazz range, 
Oh. Yeah, I, I was wrong on Jaden McDaniels. I, I've taken that L. I, I looked at him and I thought, you know what, when you see his highlight packages, you can see why he's so compelling and why he was highly ranked before the college season. But he just made so many mistakes during that year. And it's kind of maybe I'm hypercorrecting this year because guys that I like, like BJ Boston and and like Josh Christopher have that same kind of thing where when everything is working right, you're just like, this guy is clicking. He's going to be amazing. But then they they made tons of mistakes and they just had kind of an off year during the college season. And I just want to gamble on that upside this year because with Jaden McDaniels on the Wolves, he looked like he was putting it all together and like he will be a, a real contributing pro as he progresses in his career. Oh yeah, because I, I was kind of asking you. I, that's what my next question was gonna be like. Um, uh, so is there anybody that you think you could be wrong? But it looks like you've um, uh, kind of like you know, well, you know, you opened up a little bit to see like, all right, maybe these guys and taking that from from last year because um, uh, you know, hey, sometimes sometimes you hit on Poku and sometimes you miss him with McDaniel's. It happens, right? Um, that's yeah, the draft. I, right. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that, that, that's that's all I had to say. Right. Um. The other thing that I keep mentioning with the Jazz is, so the Jazz drafted the last two guys named Trey, or who go by Trey, T-R-E-Y, spelled T-R-E-Y, and there's another Trey coming out this year. He's rising up draft boards. He's probably outside of the Jazz range with the way that he's been kind of flying up boards lately, but I think Trey Murphy would be a, a really good solid pick for the Jazz. Trey? Somebody like Trey Murphy. Trey? Um... Yeah, I'm, Trey Lyles and Trey Burke were such a good experience. I want the Jazz to give it another go with another Trey. Well, you need, a, Sloan. you need a third one to complete the set. You know what they say? You know what they say, Sloan? Uh, Trey's time. Trey's uh, darn it. Trey's time. The charm. That's a really hard to say. Damn. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Aren't you gonna toast to me? <laughs> Trey. Trey. Uh, Jared, do you have, yeah. yeah, do you have a, do you have a question for Sloan before we head out here? Uh, I wanted to throw you guys a curveball. I eat curveballs for lunch. Wait, wait, good. <laughs> you eat curveballs. All right. Um, I eat pieces of shit like you for lunch. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to my list of things that I will not say. Um. Yeah. Um. So. Instead of, you know, really asking about a draft pick per se, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, oh shoot, where is it at? Uh, I might have lost it. Um, Search the last place that you um, uh, that you were at. Just retrace your steps. Yeah, worst contracts in the NBA. Yeah, no. No. John Wall? <laughs> uh, not quite. Um, well, I was why, why was I looking at the Miami Heat okay. team? You look at that. Rolls. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask my last question to um, uh, uh, Sloan here. Hopefully, that gives you a little bit of time to look for what you need to look. Sloan, um, in your soul, in, in in your heart of hearts here, um, what do you think? What do you think the Jazz do with thirty? Who do you think they pick? I think that when the Jazz get there, the name that I keep seeing, and I think that he's probably going to be there, he's actually a pretty similar guy to um, to Josh Christopher, who I love, and I'm not quite as big on him. I like him. I just don't know that he's the right fit for the Jazz, is uh, Quentin Grimes out of Houston. Um, 
really impressive guy. He's six five, six eight wingspan. Um, I think that he'll contribute oh. to the Jazz. Just a bit less of an athlete, but if I had to guess any one player the Jazz take, and it's really hard at thirty because you, it depends on who everybody else takes. Um, Quentin Grimes is the name. Frank Grimes, or Grimey as he liked to be called. Or possibly the second name that I've seen quite a bit on, on all of the mocks that I follow is Ayo Sunmu out of Illinois. Uh, he's another older player, but contributed right away. They're both 21. It's not like they're that old. Um, bigger guys that might be able to contribute. 21? They can buy alcohol? Gross. Uh, what's wrong, Grimey? All right. Um, uh, go ahead, Jerrod. Uh, well, thoughts on... What are your guys' thoughts on on taking a flyer on somebody like uh, <clears throat> Bustus Winslow? Winslow. Uh, like so, um, yeah. So with the trade that the Grizzlies just made with the Pelicans, they're gonna have the to only way for them to actually finalize it is they're going to have to decline the team option on him. And so Justice Winslow is probably going to be a free agent. <laughs> um, you know, I he's the kind of guy that the Jazz on the fringes can try to sign for a minimum if he's willing to sign for a minimum and i like it as an experiment as like our 15th guy but i i think that that's the most you do with it he's he's like the emmanuel moudier where you try and see if you can resuscitate him oh damn that was oh that goodness, was the exact I name i was thinking I was, like, I was like i i will think about it as much as i think about moudier like um uh, there's a chance like go ahead sign him i mean again minimum costs you almost nothing basically so you know if you just want to take a flyer and you have the roster spot open yeah, I mean, go for it. Uh, I think that's the problem with the Jazz right now is that they have a lot of rosters. Like they have like what thirteen guaranteed roster spots this year already. Um, I think they have to make a decision on Drell's plus contract the draft, plus the draft pick. Yeah, and the draft picks. I mean, that, that's the thing is that like they have they have spots. So I, I you know they're losing Yang. They're probably bringing back Conley. I guess what was everybody saying? I'm I'm a little worried. That's what we were thinking. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, that's they'll, uh, they'll probably bring back Conley if it's. They're not going to replace Conley if they don't bring him back. Right, exactly. no way of, yep. of replacing him, barring the exceptionally rare double sign-in trade. It's bring yeah. Conley back or take a major step back at the point guard position. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it sounds like Conley's inclined to return. The Jazz are going to re-sign him as long as he wants to be back. All right. Well, I mean, it, you know, it makes sense. So um let's just hope guys fingers crossed uh sloan um uh, what do you got going on nowadays what do you you know besides you know besides uh, all your twitter work here anything that you need to hit up salt city hoops or anything uh i had a draft primer that i've been working on I, if i can finish it tomorrow it might go up or it might end up being a reaction <laughs> a, a reaction to a, whatever happens with the draft but uh there might be a post going up on salt city hoops in the next few days we'll see there you go there oh. you go Oh, okay. That sounds nice. Yeah, like I'm. Th- well, thanks for spending the hour with us. Um, uh, you know, taking that time away from um, uh, uh, you know, writing your article. <laughs> so you're primer there. <laughs> um, oh man, I, I didn't. I should have thought of this earlier. Azubuki, if he didn't get hurt, he could have played for Nigeria too, right? Possibly. Yeah, he um he he recovered. He was he was on the active roster for the playoffs, and I think he was on the team before they cut to their final twelve. Azubuki oh, was on the team. I didn't I didn't realize he um, made. The- made the team oh nice yeah and just going back to the earlier conversation just in case you're curious uh the nba twitter consensus big board last year had elijah hughes ranked as their 49th best prospect and they had udoka azabuki ranked as their 53rd best prospect so 
honestly, last year I said, yeah. hey, you know, at, at 23 or 27, I, told, I said, when you're not low in the draft, I, I want the Jazz to take. Man, that's such a reach. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, re- that reach is as long as Azubuki's reach. Right. Oh, wow. Like the Jazz, um, I, I'm a... I really, I liked the idea of drafting Azubuki for the Jazz. I was actually a proponent of it. I wanted them to buy in to, like, the 50th pick right, to draft right. Azubuki as a deep reserve for Rudy. I hated it, hated it, hated it at 27. Yeah, and, and we're, but, we're, yeah. we're running low on time, and that's uh, the, 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 the thought about it. Like, I always, I always think back to the, when the Jazz, the Jazz, the Cowboys drafted um, uh, Frederick the center from Notre Dame, and, like, they traded away a bunch of picks and took him in, oh. like, the first round or something like that when everybody else had him rated as a third rounder. Um, but then, mm-hmm. obviously, Frederick had, you know, multiple all-pro you know years while, uh, while he was active, and... It's one of those things that, like, if you like the guy, you know, if you like Rudy Gobert enough, if you have him ranked number one on your board, and you know, you, it just takes one team to to jump you, and so, yeah, you, you might, you know, you may, maybe he is there at forty or fifty or whatever, but you know, if if he's the guy that you think is a real difference maker in a few years, then again, so that's why I, I want to give it a few years before yeah. I really comment on like that draft pick. You see where you're at, and he, it's too early to judge the draft completely. And he did get injured in his first year, and it's it's no it's nothing against Doak himself, but uh, and not that the Jazz or the NBA t- draft Twitter big board is the gospel's truth, but uh, Desmond Bain, who somehow managed to fall to 30, was ranked 16th. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you know, people I fall for a reason. Think... So, <laughs> I'm just gonna. It's, I'm just gonna spew random information while we while we outro here um i don't think we're bringing back ursan uh didn't he sign for, did he sign for a year or did he sign for two years no he's he's he, he, he was a, for a year yeah, he was just, signed I don't know, just he, the rest of season he, he's putting he's putting a lot of um, uh, tweets out there of him in jazz uniform so i don't know maybe he's just speaking it to existence so <laughs> yeah i mean ursan's going to be a minimum contract he might yeah, no matter where he goes like partially guaranteed He'll, he'll, he might be a very cuttable yeah. contract. I think that Matt Thomas is a very likely cut. Um, You're cut. Or, or just get sad. traded it's off. Of. A second rounder. I mean, but yeah. also, I mean, okay, guys. I, I know I mean, Logan's not here. Logan's not here. Hey, all the time. We, we love second rounders on this pod. Who You 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 should know this already. So. Yeah, all right. Um, all right. So um, you can follow Jared at GoThisIs49. You can follow. And Sloan, give us, Sloan, give us your, I don't want to butcher it, your, uh, your Twitter handle. Chicago's uh, Chicago Day Sloan. Well, at Sloan Imperative, uh, right now it, I'm calling myself Sh- uh, Sloan's Chicago Days Imperative, and we'll see if I if I change that or I change my avatar anytime soon. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that you change your name to uh, Sloan's JT Thor's uh, Imperative um, uh, after Thursday night. So, uh, holy crap! If, if I didn't realize Juwan Morgan Thor, was only 24. If it's Thor or if it's Jacob. I, I will change what I call myself. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Jay, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I'm, uh, if you're going to get um, uh, the first round, Mr. Irrelevant, um, uh, yeah, you might as well go for the name. Oh, and know? actually, Bones, too. Bones. Any of those three. Bones. And uh, Deuce, I, I cut Deuce some... <laughs> might get it, too. Deuce is close behind Bones for my favorite nickname. Be, um, but honestly, Deuce is number two behind Bones. I get it. We we will get one of the greatest calls ever if if we get Thor, and then he dunks, and he says, he who possesses this hammer dunk. I really hope I, you know, maybe Matt, maybe Matt Harpin will do it in his Matt Harpin way. Um, yeah, so well, I'm. Uh, be an incredible call, man. <laughs> uh, 
uh, well, so thank you so much again for um, spending the hour with us and, and you know enlightening us and you know empowering us with knowledge here. Um, uh, we appreciate. I, I can't wait for you know. I mean, I, I want to see how it shakes out because I, I, I'm ready for a free agency. I'm ready. I'm ready to be, to be heard again by the Jazz. So um, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys next time. Oh yeah, follow us on uh, at Jazz High Notes. Bye. I was cutting highlights of uh, Bones, um, and I, I I was gonna bring this on the podcast, and maybe this is, will be our, our kicker here. But um, uh, I, he he shoots like pretty deep threes. Like um, uh, he's got some range, right? Yeah, yeah I like. Yeah, Bo- Bones has some range, and he can defend. And like, I, I like love Bones. Prospect man, I watched some film. I like this guy.